Hey everyone, welcome back to Rating Riordan. I'm Shady B, and I'm here with Michael and Sebastian. How's it going, boys? Hello. Oh, oh not too bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Uh, I haven't heard much from you guys since we uh, recorded last, so I'm sure this is going to be a good catch-up as well as uh, <laughs> talking about Sebastian getting obsessed with the series. Um, is he obsessed now? <laughs> Loki, yeah. I've been losing sleep because I've just been reading in bed. So our first episode, uh, we recorded and posted that uh, two weeks ago today, actually. Um, and in that time, Sebastian has read The Lightning Thief, The Sea of Monsters, and what, the first quarter of Titan's Curse? Uh, yes, that sounds about right, actually. That's yeah. uh, that's not bad. <laughs> well, it could be better. Could be worse. I have, yeah. My grandma's read all of those books since Wednesday, so you got some catching up to do. Oh Shame. yeah. Maybe I should just throw the towel now. Like, ugh. listen though, nobody can know, read man. more than old ladies who love to read. Like, yes. that's just it. Like, my grandmother reads like a 500-page book in an hour. I like, I don't know how she does she it. Has- Oh, she doesn't know how to read. That, she just flips pages. Shit. That's an exaggeration, <laughs> but like in a day, no problem. Yeah, I, mean, I can do that too. In a day, 500 pages? Why not? Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, I need to I be skip moving after a while. It all depends. Like, if it's a good book, that's not a problem for me. Like, could I read the entire Percy Jackson series in a day? Probably. Do I always want to do that? Not really. <laughs> no, like, you'd get bored. Yeah, for sure. Like, that's oh. what holds me back. Like, sure, I could play games all day, but I get bored. I could read all day, but I'd get bored. Yeah, variety is the spice of life, for sure. Uh, so, Sebastian, uh, what do you think so far? Oh, man. Uh, how, how, how can I say this? Uh, what the heck? How did they go so wrong with the movies? <laughs> I could not, like, uh It's so different. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? It, it was pretty good. Uh, Lightning Thief, it was a bit of a slow read for some reason. I have no idea why. And then Sea of Monsters, I finished it in like two days. But I think that's also the shortest one in the series, is it not? By quite a significant margin, I think. I think so, too. I think the next shortest one is, I want to say Titan's Curse. I think you're right. But it's <laughs> Titan's Curse is significantly longer. A solid 50, 60 pages, I'd say. Yeah. Just by looking know. at, like, the thickness of a book. I don't know at this point. I haven't actually read the books in three years since I left my copies with my brother and moved away. I've been listening to the audiobooks for three Which years. Which are now with me. Haha. <laughs> yeah. So I think at this point, um, Michael has borrowed some of my books. I've borrowed some of Michael's books. Sebastian, you've borrowed both of our books out of this Oh, series. yeah. I'm a parasite. Yeah, he borrowed Trials of Apollo from me, read the first book, and then gave them back like a month and a half later. And like, I didn't read any of them. <laughs> oh. No, 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 no. I read the second one of Trials of Apollo, and I just stopped halfway, I think. Trials of Apollo... Do I remember what happened? Eh, not really. Trials of Apollo, I think, is the series that relies the most on the background from the other series. Oh, so. yeah. For sure. Like, Son of Neptune, well, not really Son of Neptune, but Son of Neptune and Mark of Athena tend to lean a little bit back more on um, the Percy Jackson series. But really, beyond that, I can't think of another 
section that really relies back on anything outside of its own series. Rick did yeah. a very good job trying to catch people up to oh. what's going on. 10 out of 10. Speaking of Rick, uh, I don't know if you guys are on Twitter much. Uh, I never use it, but I happened to hop on and kind of see what his Twitter account was doing. And he's taking a break from social media because of all the like activism that's on the go. And people are just like hammering him for making mistakes um, with various ethnicities. But it's like he did research on it and he didn't make anything disrespectful. Um, so the two characters that I saw things for, and he wrote explanations of the research and his reasoning behind them. Um, apparently he was getting hammered because Piper in Heroes of Olympus, there's a couple scenes where she wears a feather um, and she's Cherokee. So that's obviously an important symbol in their culture. Um, and then there's a couple different traditional things that um, Samira in Magnus Chase does. Um, traditional Muslim uh, behaviors, phrases. I'm I'm not educated in it, so I don't really want to speak a whole lot about it. But from the outside, it looked like a very respectful portray portrayal. Um, and I don't understand why he's being attacked for trying to diversify and trying to make the characters real. Mm -hmm. Like I think it's fool. I now. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I'm a white dude, the same as he is. Uh, <laughs> but like, I'm gonna hammer you here, Sebastian, because you're the only person who's um, who's not a majority ethnicity here. If people hey. if people are trying to make understandings with like your Colombian heritage and do so respectfully, like even if they make a mistake, are you gonna get mad about that? Because that seems a little ridiculous if people are trying to be respectful. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you there. I think it really depends on like how wrong they go. But w with Rick's case, like I don't know. I feel like he he's been respectful right off the bat. You can see that in all his books too. Yeah, the whole never series. discriminates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the whole series is based around his son who was uh, neurodiverse. So it's like, <laughs> he's not trying to make fun of these people. Oh, bothers me. Anyway. <laughs> That's my Moving. rant. I'm, I'm probably going to have a rant every episode at this rate. I think you said that last time. Oh, probably. <laughs> All right, so let's actually get into the book. So we're going to start off with Lightning Thief and record for, uh, well, however long we manage to record for. Um, and uh, we'll split it up into 45-minute to an hour sections that will become our episodes. And we'll release those every two weeks or so. E so, um, Sebastian, I don't know if you have any commentary since this is the first time you've read them. Any general overview commentary on The Lightning Thief before we kind of get into the nitty gritty of what happens? It was very easy to get hooked on The Lightning Thief. Like when I first picked up the book and started reading, I made it maybe about 100 pages in, maybe even more, because like he did a really good job getting me into it. Like yeah, you could so tell right off the bat with the introduction, I was like, hey, don't read this book if you think you're a half-blood. It's like one of those things, like, if your mom tells you to not touch the stove, you do it. Same thing here. <laughs> Don't read this book. Oh, well, I guess I'm reading it. <laughs> Were you that kid, Sebastian? The one who just burnt his hand constantly? <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, I can neither confirm or deny. 
Okay, so another thing about Rick Hooking is his friggin' chapter titles. Because I uh, I haven't gone back to the Percy Jackson series in a long time. I focus mostly on the Kane Chronicles and Heroes of Olympus when I go back to read it. And I had completely forgotten about all the great chapter titles. Oh, so, dude, there's some great ones. Like, I'm looking at Lightning Thief right now. It's like, the first one is literally, I accidentally vaporized my pre-algebra teacher. <laughs> yeah, so there, there's so many issues. I become state. Supreme Lord of a Bathroom is another one. We get a dice yeah. from a poodle. Yeah. Um, I battle my jerk relative towards the end of the book. That, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, God buys us cheeseburgers. We take a zebra to Vegas. Like, those titles. Like, oof. Yeah, it's just like, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, to put it yeah. bluntly. So, um, yeah, let's get into it and start talking about... Um, probably my favorite title, at least in this book, is I Accidentally Vaporized My Pre-Algebra Teacher. Because there's a lot to unpack in this chapter. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, like Sebastian was saying, was like, if you... Percy starts off with maximum drama in the first, like, page. Uh, yeah. He's like, don't read this if you think you're a half-blood. You will die. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh... uh Not even I don't even know what that like, is. The first paragraph is oh, like... Oh, yeah. Close this book, if you think you're one. Because, you like, everyone's lying to you. Also, all these characters are impulsive ADHD people... Wouldn't that make them read it more? <laughs> Don't get into the logic of it. <laughs> okay, yeah, so uh, there's that. Um, so really creepy intro. Also, next thing, uh, he's going to Yancey Academy. A, that's the most pretentious fucking thing I've ever heard of. And B, man, they've got to get bullied when they leave the school. Like, there's so many bad jokes about Yancey. I, it's just bad. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm familiar with Yancey Academy. Like, it's a real place and, like, like high prestige, right? Uh, I have no idea if it's a real place. I don't, I didn't think it was. I'll look it up, guys. Give me a second. I don't know. Reading through, like, where he's talking about what the kids are doing to the summer. Oh, yeah, I'm going to, like, I don't know. They're doing these crazy trips. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, I can already hate them now. Like, just reminds me of uh, Trinity College up in Port Hope, you know? Yeah, well, <laughs> that was the next thing I was going to say. Have you ever actually gone up? Because I was originally, uh, my mom wanted me to try and get into there. Um, and I kind of wanted to go there, too, before I looked at doing the IB program. Yes, uh, no. Not a real place. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, anyway, so I, I like I went and I did some entrance exams and did some tours at uh, Trinity College, which is the private school back home. And man, those kids, half of them are like have a lot of issues. <laughs> like probably sending your kids away rather than parenting them might not always be the best solution. Really? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Unless, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Unless it's cadets, that, and I'm okay with that. But but that's not for school. Yeah, that's that's a that's a different issue. Mm -hmm. uh, cadets isn't trying to raise you. Um, next off, like Percy is absolutely like a, the most negative narrator I think I've ever come across. He's like, I could start at any point in my short miserable life, and then he's like, but we're gonna start at the field trip. <laughs> 
which is okay okay so this is a kid's book and we're talking about being very miserable this is really uplifting yeah like i never realized that i'm not gonna lie <laughs> perspective eh um so he also he starts talking about what the school trip is um so it's his latin teacher taking them all to the uh museum of modern art i think it is the metropolitan Policy museum of art okay it's just the museum of art um mm-hmm. <laughs> which did confuse well, me a little bit when I it's thought not it very like, modern if you're looking at ancient greek and roman stuff there shay yeah okay that was the commentary that i was going to give there um yeah <laughs> uh so question for anyone from the u.s um taking latin as a middle schooler what the actual fuck i mean it's a private school mm. yeah but it's i looked it up and that's not a different curriculum like that's like semi-standard Is it? i thought spanish was the standard depends I mean, on where you are in the u.s apparently um, a podcast that i listen to um called potterless uh the host of that yeah, he did Latin all through high school and stuff. And what? he's like, yeah, I have no clue about Spanish. And he grew up in Texas, I think. No, he grew up in New Jersey. That's messed. Like, why the fuck do they learn Latin as, like, a kind of standard thing? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if anything, it should be, like, an elective thing. Like, in university, I have a bunch of friends who would, like, be willing to take Latin, like, just for fun. But I so, take yeah. Latin. I would not expect that. Especially you as a bio major, like it makes sense when you start looking at uh, naming stuff. But that is true. How many kids who are like 12 years old, how many of them actually need to fucking know Latin? Who the fuck needs to know Latin? It's a dead language. Uh, biologists need to know it to name shit. Okay, but scientists need to know it for like element stuff, or chemists need to know it for like element stuff. Yeah, and so I extenuating could... circumstance, yeah. like extreme circumstances. And historians. But, like, who the fuck does those majors? <laughs> limited population. Yeah, very limited. Oh, so, the Pope needs to know Latin. We forgot the most important of all. Oh, yes, you're right. Priests. Because <laughs> every kid in America wants to be the Pope. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Most so, it has to be done by a cardinal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we've gone down that rabbit hole, uh, he then talks about like accidents that have happened on other field trips. Yeah. Uh, he blew up a bus with a cannon, and then That's he never cool. ever covered again. Like, uh, you guys have your copies in front of you. Can you pull up the actual line? I had this accident with a Revolutionary War cannon. I wasn't aiming for the school bus, but of course I got expelled anyway. (laughs) And then before that, at my fourth grade school, when we took a behind-the-scenes tour of a Marine World shark pool, I hit the wrong lever on the catwalk, and our cat class took an unexpected swim. Why are those never covered again? I agree with you. I want to learn more about the uh, shark pool. Yeah, like, what? (laughs) There's... Yeah, it's like, those are extremely traumatic events, and I now understand why you've been expelled from, like, six schools in six years. Yeah, like, you're like, oh, if it's poor guy, oh. It's because a psychopath. Yeah. Okay, the next very questionable thing, there's, like I said, there's just a lot to unpack in this chapter. Um, so, Nancy Bobafit, which, 
I think he really just went, Yancey Academy, we got to have a girl named Nancy. Nancy from Yancey. You almost messed up there. I like it. Oh, I was struggling real bad there. Um, (laughs) The spark notes that I have pulled up says that the sandwich is PB&J. But I'm 100% certain that in the book, it's peanut butter and ketchup sandwiches. Like, that's appalling. Like, I don't like peanut butter, which is going to earn me a lot of hate right there. Yeah, same. Oh, wow. So we're going to get a lot of You don't like peanut butter. Not really, no. I don't. Or ketchup. Okay, ketchup, I understand. I, I can only have ketchup on, like, chips or fries. I, I like I like both of those things in things, but not really on their own or as like a central thing. I don't um, like them, period. I like <laughs> peanut butter cookies. That's about it. Um anyway, that's appalling. And like that's getting in Grover's hair. Grover for reference for people who are reading along, Grover is Percy's best friend. So that's gotta stick in his hair, which is stated as being excuse me, as being curly. Like, that's appalling. Peanut butter and ketchup in your hair. Ugh. Uh, yeah, I need to throw up now. Yeah, goodbye. I had yogurt in my hair, but, like, imagining peanut butter and ketchup? Ugh. Ugh, yeah. Um, okay, so they finally get to the museum, and then they start going through, and Mr. Brunner, the Latin teacher, is uh, is talking about all the cool stuff. And Nancy Bobafit won't shut the fuck up. Um. And Percy turns around and uh, effectively tells her to shut the fuck up. Uh, I would do that, too, on a history trip. I'm not going to lie. I am that nerd. And, Michael, I think you are also that nerd. Yeah. Uh, So I got a lot of respect for that. Um, And then Mr. Brunner does the worst thing that teachers do, which is like, oh, you're causing trouble. I'm going to try and embarrass you by asking you a question about what we're talking about. Uh, so the story that ends up being told is how um, Kronos the Titan was overthrown by Zeus and uh, just that entire story of the Titan War and Kronos vomiting up his other children because of a mixture of mustard and wine, which is another horrible, horrible concoction. And At least this one makes them throw up, though. Yeah. I have... I will stop feeling sympathy for Kronos later in this series, but I have a lot of sympathy for throwing up from a mixture of mustard and wine. Oh, please. You basically drank mustard packets growing up when we did cadets but, and went on trips. Uh, but you didn't come it with wine. Yeah, and to be fair, that was a dare. That was an a, <laughs> that was an was entirely. It yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm the one who gave it to him. And then Ryan was like, "Eat as many as you can." Ryan's another buddy of ours, and uh, he and I were always the ones who did the dumb shit. So anyway, um, that moves on, uh, and they start talking about Mrs. Dodds, who is this bitch of a math teacher, <laughs> from all that's understood. Uh, makes him scrub out um, math workbooks. So my question is, are these just old textbooks that people have written in? Or are they like actually those like old answer booklets that you used to get in like elementary school? Because if you, the if the entire book is just like answers to something and you're being forced to erase it, 
I would just light that shit on fire. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. So anyway, after uh, Mr. Brunner uh, embarrasses Percy, I almost said his other name, but we'll get into that later. Um, they go outside for lunch. Um, <laughs> Nancy Bobfit comes up, starts being a pain in the ass, and. Percy has like a little blackout moment and then uh, Nancy ends up in the fountain and then Mrs. Dodds is like, well, you're in shit now. Um, And as uh, Mrs. Dodds takes Percy away to like give him a talking to is what you kind of understand of it. You kind of hear some of the other kids be like, "Um, it looked like the water grabbed her, which is the first kind of the first hint we get about, Percy being more than he seems. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go in. Mrs. Dodds uh, turns into a monster. Uh, Brunner rolls up, is like, what ho? <laughs> Which I'm trying to imagine. Like, <laughs> Did he image. say that in the movie as well? Oh, I don't think he did. I don't know. After we finish the Percy Jackson series, I'm gonna we're gonna go back and rewatch the um, the movies and talk about those before we do anything else. Okay. I think. I'm going Pause to for a, a second, Sebastian. We we have a severe thunderstorm morning. Do we? Yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh. There goes my plans for tonight. <laughs> you okay. Have plans? What's that? Um, uh, I don't know. I only developed those like a week ago. Feels nice though. All right, back on topic. Um, Brunner rolls in, throws Percy a pen, which Percy catches, which is now a sword, which is wicked cool. Uh, he slashes. That caught it, or that it became a sword? Because <laughs> for me, just catching it would be really cool on my part. Uh, <laughs> both. Um, so. Mrs. Dodds, uh, oh, he slashes Mrs. Dodds in half. Um, and then the pen, then the sword has turned back into a pen. Percy's like, what the fuck just happened? He goes back outside and everyone's just chilling. Um, what else happened there? Um, Grover's a little nervous when he goes up and talks to him. I can't remember anything else from this, uh, Mrs. Dodds show. basically becomes Mrs. Kerr, and Mrs. Dodds never even existed. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Nancy Bobbitt is like, who the fuck is Mrs. Dodds? Um, yeah, so that's <laughs> that's the first chapter, which was all kinds to unload there. Uh, Sebastian, you got any commentary? I'm going to ask you first, since this is your first time going through. I kind of like the whole Mrs. Dodds never existed and like, oh, it's actually Miss Kirk because it's like a whole Mandela effect. So you got to think like in this universe for Mandela effects, is it all just like people playing with the mist instead? And like, what else could there be? Like, what else are they playing with? Like deja vu effects and stuff like that, you know? So you're telling me the Bernstein Bears was actually the Bernstein Bears. Anyway. (laughs) I, I do agree. That's that. a really good point <laughs> that I had never thought of before, the Mandela effect there. 
Um, Berenstain Bears. It was like the brother sister bear, and then like you had the parent bears too. Like, yeah, that's the one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I used to have a couple of their books, but I never watched it much. Wait, was it a show? Yeah, it was a show as well. I think. Yeah, it was. Um, right. Michael, any commentary on this from my other uh, grade A Rick Riordan um, fan? I think it's a good, like, drag you into it kind of first chapter. It's a long first chapter, too, kind of. Well, it's only 16 pages. Yeah. But, like, it really drags you in. Like, you go from just, oh, I'm just a weird little kid who who does this. Oh, now I'm getting attacked by a flying thing, and I killed it, but now everyone's forgotten about it. Um, What? Like, it's literally just, like, goes from zero to 100 real fast, and... That's why I originally liked it, and I still do like it. Yeah, it definitely hooks you right in. Oh, um, another thing in that last chapter is Percy talks about the weather being uh, freaky since Christmas. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah, which doesn't matter for another, like, seven chapters. But um, So the, uh, the next chapter is called Three Old Ladies Knit the Socks of Death, which... (laughs) <laughs> is another fantastic um, it's another just like pfft, what makes yeah. you wonder um <laughs> so first off everyone's like everyone for the rest of the school year continues to be like there's no such person as mrs dodds um and they're all pretty convincing except for grover um who is just not a subtle character which you realize as you learn more and more about him zero subtlety uh so isn't that like the definition of gaslighting convincing someone that something didn't happen that did or that something didn't happen english <laughs> no, no give me can't. a second i'm gonna rewind here isn't like trying to trick someone into something not having happened that did or having happened that didn't isn't that gaslighting like over a longer term i I think so yeah anyway that's a that's a little questionable coming from mr brenner and grover um and then so percy ends up getting shitty grades and can't control his anger in class which leads to um one of my favorite lines which is um he gets mad at his english teacher okay first off this situation is fucked he has dyslexia, and his English teacher gets mad at him for not being able to spell. It's fucked. Um, it's like getting mad at someone in a wheelchair because they can't walk. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Percy calls him an old sot, and then he's like, yeah, I have no clue what it means, but it seemed right. Which, yeah, I get. you know, that reminds me of my brother when he was younger. And he would shoot his mouth off and have no clue what the fuck he was saying. You yeah, when he was younger. Was yeah. Oh, he's gotten a lot better now, but like he's 16 now, so if he wasn't, I'd be a little concerned. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he gets kicked out, uh, or he gets told he will not be invited back to to Yancey next year. What a shame. <laughs> yeah. How awful. Can't go back to Nancy Academy. Yancey, um, you idiot. No, that was intentional. I'm making jokes about it. Oh, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> shh. 
Don't let the listeners know that I'm stupid, Michael. They already know, Shay. That's that's fair. Um, so the night before his Latin final, um, Percy gets frustrated because of his dyslexia. And uh, first off, he whips his textbook across the room. And then he's like, you know what? Mr. Brunner's pretty dope. I'm going to go see if he'll give me any tips. Um, so he knows that I'm not just being lazy. Um, yeah. Percy then overhears Grover and Brunner talking about uh, Dodds, um, talking about the mist, which still have no fucking clue what that is at this point, um, and a summer solstice deadline. Uh, Percy, because this is just a horror movie and he has no subtlety, drops his textbook, um, and then he hides because, you know, he doesn't want to be caught eavesdropping. He, when he's hiding, he hears some weird walking noises from hiding and sees a shadow of a tall figure uh, with a bow. Um, then, uh, what happens next? Grover goes back to the dormitory and Brunner just leaves, I guess. Um, and Grover pretends that this doesn't happen. Next. <laughs> the next morning when Percy's trying to leave the exam, uh, Brunner tries to comfort Percy about getting kicked out, but he just does it so shittily and in front of other kids and he just ends up completely embarrassing Percy, which is not great. <laughs> like definitely could have been handled better. Um, yeah. Percy's classmates start talking about vacation and he thinks about how his summer will be going back to New York with a summer job, which like I can definitely like, I think both of you will be able to relate to that having like classmates who are doing all sorts of fancy shit. And you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm playing video games all summer. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> like, uh, Sebastian, you were in my class in high school for a long time. Um, we had a lot of upper middle class people. Um, yeah. And I swear, they were never not going away or going to Toronto or stuff like that. And it's it's such a weird feeling being completely surrounded by people like that when you're like, yeah, I got to go work at McDonald's now. I mean, uh, camp made summer more exciting. Like, people seem interested in that and, like, somewhat jealous at times. But yeah. uh, for the most part, yeah, we were surrounded by uh, definitely the upper middle class. Yeah. It wasn't a good feeling. It really wasn't. Um, yeah, so anyway, that sucks. Uh, Grover ends up on the same bus with Percy when they're heading back to New York. Um, and he's acting really nervous and glancing around. Um, Percy ends up confessing to eavesdropping to them a few days before. Um, by making a reference to kindly ones, which freaks the fuck out of Grover. Um, and Grover's then like, you know, take my business card, um, which has a summer address called Half-Blood Hill on it, um, which is never the reference that's given to camp ever again. Um, it's just, it's literally just the hill. Um, Grover says he has to protect Percy which Percy's like, um, you're like disabled and wimpy. I've been protecting you. So he finds that really strange. Um, then the bus ends up breaking down and everyone gets off. Across the road, there's a uh, big old fruits tram, 
a big old fruit stand with a whole bunch of really nice looking fruit um and three old ladies knitting some giant socks um grover sees them and he's like what the actual fuck runs back into the bus which is like boiling hot um and then percy sees them cut the string between the socks with a giant pair of what is what does it say silver and gold shears sebastian you've got in front of you yeah looking for it now uh yeah it was silver and gold yeah massive like you could hear the snip across four lanes of traffic yeah so that's uh that's kind of freaky and then the next thing is the driver fixes the bus by just hauling shit out of the engine uh now i only did like eight weeks of auto in grade nine but i'm almost certain that's not how engines work like Michael, I don't know. Did you ever do a course in that? Like, could you inform uh, no, me? No, but I agree. I don't. I don't think that's the way it works. I never did anything about that, but probably not. Yeah, which uh, really tells you that Rick did an English degree and not a uh, <laughs> any form of hands-on work. Um, so they all get back on the bus. They get on their way. Um, Percy feels a little ill to his stomach. Uh, they talk about the old ladies. Grover does this weird, like, claw... Oh, sorry, I just hit my mic. Um, Grover does this weird claw thing, um, which looks kind of like crossing himself, um, and is just absolutely freaking out. Um, Grover... And then he makes Percy uh, promise to let him come home to talk to his mom with him. Uh, Percy realizes that the string cutting probably means that someone will end up dying. Um which I don't know where he picked that up from because until I read this, I had never heard of that kind of understanding of life at that age. I don't know about the two of you. Uh-huh. And that's, uh, that's the end of that chapter. Yeah. So this, that chapter ends up being a lot shorter, um, but it definitely has a lot of implications. That it's actually on. not a lot shorter. It's only four pages shorter. Is it really? Wow. <laughs> the problem, <laughs> there's the big problem with me not having it to reference in front of me. It feels a lot shorter when I think about it. Um, probably because it's just not an action sequence. Uh, Sebastian, commentary. Just out of curiosity, how would you two respond if, like, across the road, you saw this, like, good old fruit stand with, like, four ladies knitting, it's, like, six socks? Three. Oh, I'm sorry. Three. It's in the title, Sebastian. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'd probably not try and go across four lanes of traffic to get there. Yeah, I probably wouldn't care. I'd probably say hi to them and move on. Yeah. They're old ladies. What are we going to (laughs) do? True. I don't know. I'd probably just snap a picture and be like, oh, maybe I should come back here sometime. They look fun. They look fun? What does that mean? Sebastian, do you have a kink for older like, ladies? Oh, my head, no. This guy. <laughs> Sorry, Daniela. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Me thinking fruit stand, I'm just automatically thinking produce stand, so I'm just imagining like these Canadian old ladies. So I could go up and be like, yay, you're from Canada, eh? <laughs> so, All the fun stuff. 
I think we're learning weird things about Sebastian that we really don't want to know. Yeah. Sebastian has a kink for girls in igloos now. (laughs) And dog sleds. They need to have dog sleds. Oh, Oh, okay. Michael, do you have any commentary for this this chapter? Not really, no. You basically covered it all. Like, it's just like a lot of, like, subplot stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think this chapter is really the first Chekhov's gun. Um, I think I talked about that the last time we recorded, about how Brick has, like, all kinds of these. Um, But I think this is the biggest one, and I'm not going to tell you where in the chapter it is, in case you haven't read all the books yet, but this one doesn't go off until Last Olympian. And, man, does it ever go off. Um. Yeah, so that's cha- that chapter. Um, <laughs> uh, I take back what I said about the first chapter having the uh, the best title. Chapter three is Grover unexpectedly loses his pants. That's uh. Yeah. That's a good way to rope in middle schoolers, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So, surprise, surprise, Percy's freaked the fuck out and ditches Grover at the bus station. Uh, Percy kind of does a rundown on important info about his mom, uh, who, he is totally a mama's boy, and, like, gotta appreciate that. Um, So his mom's name's Sally. Um, It also mentions that his dad, uh, Sally says his dad was lost at sea, um, so talks about that and her history a little bit. Then he gets home out of the cab and it introduces Smelly Gabe, who bullies Percy for cash. Um, Smelly Gabe is the umbrage of this series. Yes. Like, ugh, hate him. Anyway, um, yeah, so Gabe bullies him, gets some cash, um, playing poker and being an alcoholic. Um, Sally comes home, chats with Percy, um, gets Gabe to chill the fuck out, uh, and then lets Percy know that they're going on a beach trip, which Gabe is making her use her clothes budget for, which is just like a dick thing to do when he's just not working and being a piece of shit. But anyway, um, do they say if he has a job or no? Oh, wait, no, he does. He does. Yeah, he's the manager of a electronics store in Queens, but he just never goes in. He just gets paid for shit, um, which is just like the Serb checks that we're getting here in Canada. Yeah, um, not really. Go to work if you can go to work. Um, yeah. So Percy thinks about, but ends up not telling his mother about Dodds because he's afraid that it would cancel the beach trip. Um, they then end up packing the. Gabe's 1978 Camaro um, and Gabe threatens Percy about damage to do with the car. Um, It hurts my soul that such an asshole has such a nice car. Like older Camaros are like, that's the car that I want. (laughs) Like I would kill for a seventies Camaro. Um, And it hurts my soul picturing smelly Gabe and something that nice. I'm pulling up the picture now. Ooh, that is a nice ride. I like the 77 Camaro in electric blue with the white racing stripes. When yeah, I spent, you don't see. 
you go. Sorry, when I spent a summer out in BC, I ended up seeing three of them parked in a row at a festival I went to. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, I could just take one of those. I did, <laughs> you know, I could have. <laughs> I don't recommend Grand Theft Auto, for the record. I'm just saying that I really wanted one. What are your guys' dream cars, by the way? I don't think I know that about either of you. Uh, I don't really have one. Yeah. I guess you need to get your license before you can want that. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't you, Sebastian? I don't think I've... I don't know. I'm not that knowledgeable in it that much. I've, I always thought I wanted a Tesla. And then yeah. when I saw... At our prom, I saw... What's his name? Keegan roll up on a Rolls Royce. I'm just like, uh, that one, that one looks good. So, <laughs> but I know that's never going to happen. So, <laughs> I wouldn't mind just getting a Tesla in the future. I, I, I would love mind. a Tesla. The problem, <laughs> the problem is, I'm currently living in Newfoundland, and like electric vehicles are just not a thing here. <laughs> and yeah. they're so See, I won't... expensive. See, I also want a motorcycle, but. My parents are begging me to not get one until they're just both they both die from age, so they don't have to worry about being <laughs> on it. <laughs> you know what? I can picture your mother being like that. That's really funny to me. Oh yeah. It was specifically my mom who set the rule. My dad's like, Yeah, you know what? That's a good rule. Even though he rid a or he rode a motorcycle for like, I don't know, ten years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not hypocritical at all. That's really funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they pack the Camaro, um, and then Gabe's walking inside, and Percy ends up doing the same claw gesture that, um, Grover did in the last chapter, and the door just whips him in the ass, um, (laughs) which is kind of funny, looking back at it. Um, so after that, they, uh, they get in the car, they go off to the beach, um, to a little cottage on montauk i don't what is montauk is montauk a town is it like a stretch of beach like is it a county i don't know what it is like i know it's on long island but i don't know i might i don't be a beach maybe yeah do you want to uh m-o-n-t-a-u-k i think it's a hamlet okay very good so like it's a little town that makes more sense now um so it's also revealed that this beach is where she met Percy's dad. Um and then <laughs> we start another trend that continues on all the way through the series, which is blue food. Yeah. Not just the, this series, but other series as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the backstory on this is um Gabe told Sally that there was no such thing as blue food. And then Sally is just like Bitch, there is so, and goes way out of her way to make everything blue. And I'm going to be honest, that's something that my mother would do. <laughs> and I think both of you would agree with me on that. Like, oh, yeah. just, just to be like, oh, yeah, watch me. So anyway, that's really funny. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you never stop seeing blue food. The blue food comes up. Uh, I think the last place I can think of blue food is Blood of Olympus, which is the most recent book where Percy is the main character, I think. Yeah. Is that accurate, Michael? Sure. 
Maybe. think it's one of the Leo chapters. I think it's the last time you see Percy eating food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I don't know. There, uh, for a couple of the foods where he has a blue... Uh, it, it, uh, I don't know if I should say it now or later, but when he talks about blue waffles in, I think, Titan's Curse, he just keeps on referring to blue waffles so much that it's making me wonder, like, was that intentional? Is that him trying to, like, give me a headache? I think, that's, I think that's the start of Sea of Monsters is when that is. Um, so where was I here? Um, so Percy ends up asking about his dad. Um, and it's revealed that Percy looks a lot like him, uh, that his dad left before Percy was born. Uh, but Percy's a little confused by this because he's like, I have like weird, vague memories, uh, which isn't addressed at that point. Um and Percy, it's revealed that Percy resents his dad a little bit for leaving his mom, um, especially because she ended up with Smiley Gabe. Um, mm-hmm. Then they talk about what they're going to do in the fall with school and stuff. And Sally ends up mentioning a camp that um, Percy's dad wanted him to go to eventually. Um, but she really doesn't like that idea because she's like, that I might have to like not ever see you again, which Percy is like, what the fuck? It's a summer camp, uh, which is a bit yeah. of a mood. Um, yeah. Anyway, they end up going to sleep and then there's a big storm and Grover shows up without his pants, which we kind of expected. Uh, Percy ends up confessing about Dodds and um, what's revealed to be the fates on the side of the highway. Um, and Grover starts cursing in Greek, which Percy is like, why do I understand you? I took Latin, not Greek. It's just another equally useless language. <laughs> and it ends it off by saying um, where Grover's feet should be, there were cloven hooves. Uh, I think that's the last line. I can't yes. remember exactly. Okay. It is. I'm amazed that I can remember it that well. So that's a third chapter, and it's probably a good place to call this episode. Um, so, Sebastian, what's your uh, what's yeah. your commentary on this chapter and on this section of the book so far? On this chapter here, yeah. screw Smell Gabe. Yeah. Because, like, oh, my head. Sally Jackson definitely needs the mom of the award for the century, I think. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I uh, to leave, or not to leave a stud, but like for a stud to leave her <laughs> and uh, end up with this guy in order to, well, later on they talk about it, but like basically to protect Percy. Oh man, can you imagine? I like how at the this amount point, of patience. I like how at this point needs. we haven't even met Percy's dad, but you're already like, if he's Percy's dad, he's got to be a stud. Oh yeah. Well, think about it. He can catch a pen from like 20 feet away and it can turn into a sword you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> how about you michael anything uh pop out to you about this chapter uh not really like once again you kind of covered it all yeah uh, oh you didn't really mention his uh weird ass dream oh right do you want to talk about that 
yeah, like there's just a horse and an eagle trying to kill each other. And then uh, they fight and blah, blah, blah. And then the round rumbles and it kind of encourages the animals to fight harder. Yeah. Which is just like a fairly obscure thing at the time. But like looking back, it's clear about like the horse and the eagle were like Zeus and Poseidon and Hades is yeah. edging them on. Yeah. Like it's just like foreshadowing the rest of the book kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. I forget about the, I forget about a lot of the like little dream sequences like that until they get more detailed later in the series. Yeah. Uh, so that that's a good catch. Thanks for uh, pointing that one out. And then he wakes up on the thunderclap before the eagle hits the horse, right? Yeah. Uh, so any commentary on just this section of the book so far? Not really. It's just like a lot, a lot of setup for stuff that happens either later in the book or in the series. Yeah. I feel like this entire section is just one big hook for the rest. Yeah. Um, like, we'll definitely be coming back to these chapters later on in the book. Yeah. Right now, it's just trying to, like yeah. you said, set everything up. Yeah. I think it becomes a little, these few chapters become a little less um, important. Once you start getting other narrators in Heroes of Olympus. Yeah. But all throughout um, the Percy Jackson series, these remain very much the foundation of kind of who Percy is, how he kind of got to where he is. Yeah. So uh, that was really not a lot to cover. We've been recording for 50 minutes now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oops. Um so I'm sure the next episode will cover a lot more ground, or we might not, and it'll also be fine. Um, so thanks for listening, everybody, uh, and tune in in a couple of weeks to hear the next section of us talking about the lightning thief. Bye-bye. Bye.